Hello, and welcome to Bone Zone, the podcast where we talk about bones and dudes we want to bone. I am one of your hosts, Jack Smith, along with me, the lovely Zen Lu. Hello. How you doing? Good. Um, so we each watched this episode at least two weeks ago. <laughs> and oh my God, was it two weeks ago? I think it was two weeks oh, ago. Oh, shit. And then neither of us had the energy mm-hmm. or willpower to record. That's totally true. So we'll give it a try, but there might be some gaps in our memory. I just tried to do a quick reread of my notes, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't understand a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be a real solid episode. So I'll try to move this so you can see the screen, and we can try to remember what... Oh my god, you have pulled up the episode happens. on your laptop. Yep. Oh, my God. Incredible. Oh, that's a gross image to land on. Ooh, that one's. Yeah. Well, I did write down. Okay. Episode 12, the superhero in the alley. Yep. Let's do this. So I know I remember that part. Good job. Um, so it starts with a really gross skeleton being discovered by a bunch of sixth graders. Yes. I don't understand how they discovered it because it was pretty far down an alleyway. Mm -hmm. But sure. I don't know, but I wrote down mockingly the like early on in the scene when Booth and the rest of the team show up, mm-hmm. his boss or whoever yeah. is like, I need you down here to solve this. And he's like freaking out already. Like yeah. he's already angry and agitated. Like we can't let this go unsolved. I don't want to read this headline in next Sunday's newspaper about how church kids find mystery corpse dressed for Halloween. FBI remains clueless. So I was like, oh, that just told me everything I need to know. <laughs> That's just. Are the setup the for the episode? Is, like there was, yeah. The only reason this was even news is because it was found by children. Like it's yeah. not really that, not to diminish someone's loss of life. Yeah, but like it's not like it was a celebrity or something that you would. And I guess because like, the body was dressed up, so that was I like guess, a weird factor. Maybe I don't know. Um. So then Bone shows up. Mm-hmm. And Booth, surprisingly, was, like, very nice and was like, oh, thank you so much for coming. Did I take you away from anything? But he was very sincere. And I was like, oh, that's nice. That's a nice turn in their friendship. Oh, right. And she was like, oh, I was working on some kind of Chinese, Chinese thing. something. Yeah. I just remember that it was Chinese. I Me remember too. nothing else. Oh, boy. Um, I wrote, she mentioned she's working on some China body. <laughs> oh, my God. And this made me laugh because I just remember him being like, oh, I'm so, so sorry. Yeah. Just give me a quick ID and I'll let you get back to it. And I laughed myself like, ah, classic quick ID on this Love show. It. She'll just look at the bones and eyeball and she'll be like, it was this man. And then we'll move on. <laughs> and then she'll be out of there. And we've done our job. His name was Brian. <laughs> um, and then at some point... Uh, he's asking her if it's murder or not and she's like I can't tell you that and he's like come on and he, she says <gasps> um, I wrote this down yeah don't use your charm smile on me gross and I was just like but she was grinning too it wasn't yeah. even like ew don't try to charm me by smiling it was like she was also smiling and yeah. clearly a little it was like flirtation yeah and I was like what the fuck does that even mean I don't, yeah I don't know is that just a they're trying to build up that tension a little bit more I guess but they're doing a really bad job of it <laughs> That was not hot at all. He asked her if it was a murder, and she was like, don't try to chime an answer about murder out of me. <laughs> Ooh, it didn't sexy. Seem like any particular charm smile just seemed like he was just trying to... Yeah, it seemed like just like a ass. regular person yeah. being kind and polite to a coworker. <laughs> and she was like, stop hitting on me. <laughs> if 
if every time I was nice and jokey with a coworker and that actually meant that I was hitting on them, then I would have many lawsuits. That was such I like an Angela chat. move where she it just was. reads sex into everything. <laughs> um, so then this guy has like a bag with him and in the bag is a graphic novel. Oh, right. Um, they were like, we have degraded cellulose. <laughs> we'll take yeah. it back to the lab to see what it is. And they're like, it's a book, you it's dummies. It's a comic book, which they then recreate perfectly. It's amazing. So they're like, it's so degraded and a mush, we can't even tell what it is. And then later, whoever, I think Hodgins or something, mm-hmm. recreates it from the p- p- fragments. I think maybe Angela does. Maybe that would make more yeah. sense. And it's just like, no, nothing was lost. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect copy. So they figured out that the body was dropped from like a tall building after he died. Um, and then so she goes from mentioning that other work to being like totally into this case. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, okay. Because sometimes she doesn't want to be there. Sometimes yeah. she does. I don't understand. Is it because they realized it was a murder? And so she I was like, so. I'm on I'm it. In. Yeah. Um, the weird one of the weirdest parts to me was this kid's family they realize that it's like a 18 yeah. or something year old kid and and how were they able to figure out to go to his family's house again was it because of the comics like the name i don't remember <laughs> i so there was i think it might have been when they recreated the comic they saw his name on it his name on it okay maybe mm-hmm. so they go to his family's house his mom was like a little upset oh yeah this blew my mind too but his dad was just kind of resigned yeah and they pretty much because they weren't connecting well with him they pretty much gave up on him Uh uh-huh which is just like the saddest like weirdest and the way it was played was weird they are basically this is like the episode where that other kid basically got crushed to death crushed to death by the pedophile yes they this kid's been missing for two months they say they go to their house to finally make a death notification and the parents are just like oh man yeah he was a difficult kid (laughs) Like, no emotions whatsoever. That's the thing. It wasn't even like he was, um, like, he was, like, a bad kid or, like, in trouble or anything. Yeah. He just wasn't very um, communicative. But, like... And he was, like, a teenage boy. Yeah. So you're like, like of sure. Course he's 19 or whatever. <laughs> I, yeah. I will say I really liked his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> it was really big. I love a slanted wall. It was what I would have wanted as a teenager. Slash yeah. now, kind of. Well, and I just remember they were like looking through his bedroom to like try and get clues. Mm. And they like go to his desk where his computer is. Right. And then they look at it. And then like Bones has like a quick survey. Mm. And she just like looks and she makes a point to be like, there are no personal files of his on this computer. And I'm like, how, first of all, you just like glanced around, looked at the desktop and you're like, there's no personal files of his on this computer. But also like, what does that even mean? Like, I think we were supposed to take from that, that he's not connected to reality and he doesn't, mm-hmm. he's not like a person that, I don't know, has a lot of he doesn't rich thoughts and feelings in a way so that like much. other yeah. people might or so. Yeah. It was like a weird thing to like mention. I was like, okay, cool cursory and then i actually stopped and i was like do i have personal files on my computer and i literally stopped and looked at my laptop and i was like i don't have anything that's like quote unquote personal files on my computer i mean aside from like photos maybe i get i mean these days all my photos are on my phone like i have nothing i mean i know this is like a different time but like yeah i don't know i didn't know what that was meant to be like yeah but 
I guess I'm now also a working that, adult, so it's different. And maybe guess, as a teenager, maybe. I guess I do. I have stuff. I'm like, I don't <laughs> think so either. I don't have like my fucking di- like. I don't have like yeah. a long form <laughs> diary and like personal thoughts. Yeah, no. Thing. I just also she shouldn't stuff. have been touching his shit. Yes, that's a secondary point that I didn't even think about. <laughs> like, why this could be used as evidence? Why that's are you touching so real. His stuff? Yeah, and oh going through his computer. Wait, you're right. And they didn't even like collect any evidence from no. his house, did they? They just no. like went to go tell two uncaring parents that their child had died, and then they left. And then they <laughs> touched. They, she went through his computer a little bit. He touched a bunch of comic books, and then they went home. Oh, right. They looked around. They were like, "Oh, he has a lot of comic yeah. books here." And then Booth actually recognized some of them. Yes. So I was like, "Oh, he's like secret comic book nerd." Oh, and then they realize at the desk, like, oh, he was sitting in like drawing there a lot of the time. They did the classic. <gasps> the pencil sketching i i even wrote that classic exclamation point yeah yeah um where because she saw I, she took a pencil and a piece of paper and put it on his desk and then just kind of shaded the paper to see mm-hmm. what was written on it and they saw so she could tell because she was like why do you, you need this desk like yeah if he's not using his computer yeah. apparently because yeah. there's no personal files obviously <laughs> what was he doing here then he wasn't working on his, his memoirs novel yeah <laughs> the great american novel um so parents are weird they find out from the parents that uh he had a job at a bowling alley um and so they go back to the jeffersonian and um at some point, Angela says she accounts for ink seepage, which was my favorite line of this. Oh, that's when they reveal the comic that they have yes. recreated? Yes, okay. I believe so. So then Aaron Paul, who makes a delightful appearance in this episode. Love it. Um, he works at this comics book store. Um, that's right. Because they're like, oh, it's a comic book. Where yeah. should we go to find out about that? And then Booth automatically knows mm-hmm. because he's a secret comic book nerd this episode. Uh, I believe he said geek. Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know what the difference is. Me neither. He says that there's a difference, but I don't think he explains it. And I'm it. someone who would, I feel like, fall squarely within the category of both geek and nerd, and I don't even understand. <laughs> so Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so they talk to Aaron Paul, and he's like, oh, yeah, he was a nice guy, but I didn't really know him. And mm-hmm. then you hear some, like, music or something upstairs. So they go upstairs, and as... A fellow person who's also a nerd. Um, I did not like their handling of no. quote nerds in this because, quite frankly, yeah. the nerds that I know were all lovely and like yes, very nice, just nice, kind people. Yeah, who like what they like and they get excited to talk about, passionate it. about it. But it's no different than someone who's really into sports and who loves right. like an NFL team or baseball or some shit. Exactly. It's just different topic i was similarly put off and i actually thought i was like how interesting to see this so many years after like the marvel and dc Mm. stuff has really come into the mainstream and we have all these huge movies and there's such a huge fandom for that stuff now how interesting to see this little group of comic book loving misfits Mm. being depicted in the show as complete like aggressive psychopaths who yeah not even just losers but weird and dangerous and there's something very wrong with them there's a point later after they interact with these kids that i wrote down like bones literally was like i don't like to judge an entire subculture but Mm. these people gave me the creeps and And there was nothing creepy about them they were like 
bitchy, but like no more than any other like classic teen movie about like high school kids would have been like showing bitchy kids. Like they didn't maybe love authority and they wanted to just be up there and like role play because they were in costumes. Yeah, it was all very weird. And then it was a very forced like. I just these outsiders. Yeah. And it's like also like, oh, not like outsiders that you would actually think would be something like when I think of like a dangerous outsider, I think of like one of those paramilitary groups that like just exist because they like want to be outside the control of the government and they like hoard and stockpile weapons Mm -hmm. and and they they, hate women. Right. Like like, like that's dangerous to me. A bunch of people dressing up in cosplay to like role play like play a role playing game on the roof of a comic book store that they, on like, like Saturday night very peacefully in an organized fashion yeah, rented out not even in public not like no. in the street like in yeah. people's way just like on the roof of a building <laughs> playing a game and there's like five of them like yeah it's and they're just like having a good time. Later, I don't know if you recall in the same conversation where Bones was like, I don't like to judge people, but these people give me the creeps. Booth is like, there's like nerds, but these are like dark nerds. And then he says Columbine nerds. He does. And that really pissed me off. I was like, like whoa. Fuck you. Those kids were a different kind of disturbed. And they were cl- like those kids who did that, like they're like, yeah, they needed yeah. help. And first of all, were they even comic book? Even if they were, that was not the thing yeah. that made them snap. They were not driven by Spider-Man people. to go right. shoot up a school. Like, <laughs> they you didn't fucking like, idiot. put down an issue of Batman and go like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to shoot up the fucking school. Masked vigilante time. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it, it was, was so incredibly bizarre. disrespectful to to the nerds they depict in the show and to like yeah. the people in in real life who had to like live through that shit it was just like it was lazy it was a very lazy yeah. depiction of people that really pissed me off i was also surprised because i thought that like i feel like one of the things that happened around the time that all that marvel and dc stuff became really popular in movies was like quote unquote nerd culture becoming cool yeah Yeah. and then like people who were already part of that or interested in that were like felt they felt vindicated they're like seed is interesting and cool and like it was exciting and like it was good to feel the sense of acceptance so i my i always thought like isn't the typical thing just like they get made fun of and they like got got seen as lame not that they got seen as violent and aggressive people who could kill you (laughs) and would shoot up a school i was like was that ever a stereotype for comic book nerds i didn't think so if anything they were yeah they'd be very um kind of shy just like losers yeah whatever like you like maybe got shoved into a locker or something like what i don't know i also looked it up because i was like what i can't believe he said columbine nerds and i looked up and i because i couldn't remember that was in 1999 and so this episode would have been in like basically 2005 ish okay so i was like uh, only like five six years later is that appropriate (laughs) it's a it's not appropriate b it's inaccurate yeah see like at that time i feel like we were starting to get a better grasp on the idea of like mental illness and like stuff like that yes so there's no excuse it was just lazy writing totally it's really shitty um quick story oh okay when i was that makes sense because at the time in 1999 i was 12 and um so i was in middle school i was in fifth grade fifth grade yeah and i uh 
was coming in from recess and like I was a very well adjusted like not that it matters but like relatively popular just like happy little kid healthy had friends whatever coming in from recess uh my friend Andrew Brown <laughs> kind of teased me or something just jokingly as friends do I think he like called me Jacqueline and like jokingly because I was 12 was like oh I'm gonna kill you blah 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 oh but Columbine had happened relatively recently and so this terrible teacher uh freaking Mr. Broderick <gasps> I'll call you out motherfucker and uh he he made everyone sit at their desk and read, which no one's going to sit in their desk and read because okay. he called me over to his desk and wrote notes to me back and forth, like asking me about what had just happened or something. I can't remember. To what. try and suss out if you were serious? I guess so. But I'm standing at your desk while the whole class just sits and stares at us because they're like, what the fuck's going on? Also, you know, we're friends. That's. And so Weird. then I had to meet with the principal of the <gasps> school to, for her to figure out, like, if everything was okay. And I was just like, I'm 12. Like, what do you want Holy from me? Holy shit. It was a whole thing because of what had just happened. Wait, you just sparked a memory in me mm. that I'm realizing. I wonder if this is related. I don't think I was... So I think this was when I was either in, like, maybe 7th or 8th grade. So I would have been... 13 or 14 so basically around that same yeah. time um, we get it you're a year younger than me <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> and i just want to make sure everyone's super clear on that i am the young one in this pairing um so we had like everyone f took the same english class and mm -hmm. like everyone had the same assignment right mm -hmm. and so like it was always like oh in seventh grade or eighth grade whatever the fuck year it was it's like the assignment is like to write a poem. Mm -hmm. And so obviously at that time, like we all were, I was a very angsty person. I've hinted at how strict and intense my parents were at mm -hmm. times. So obviously I had a lot of conflict with my parents. I was an all around emotional kid, as most people are when they're 12 and 13. Yeah. Hormones, puberty, right. everything. School, all the things. everything. You're fighting with your parents about shit. You're just like me. Yeah. And you're figuring out who the fuck you are in yeah. the world. So anyway, I wrote a poem and I guess I must have oh, no. come off as troubled oh, in the no. poem because me and a couple other people who I can't actually remember who the other students were we ended up getting forced to talk to the school psychiatrist <gasps> like social worker yeah um and it was awkward because they obviously only selectively made a few of us go talk yeah. to her and the other awkward thing is like I don't know why they didn't just like pull me out of a class one day to go talk to her in mm -hmm. her office she like went and talked to me on the bus like what? on the way to something i can't remember what it was literally like we were what? on like a school trip to something we're on a fucking bus so everyone can see and hear Here. us yeah and so she's sitting at the front because she's a teacher and you know like that's kind right. of the typical thing and she asked me to come sit with her for a second and i'm like okay um and i kind of knew what was probably going to happen because yeah. the other people had already been called to go talk to her and they had told me about it when where in what situation were they called was it i at can't school? remember but i think it was like at school i just remember knowing that like oh this must be the thing like i yeah. know she's been talking to other people this must be my turn but, like, why the fuck were you having this conversation on a fucking bus in front of the entire class? Like, like if something actually was going wrong, yeah, what by a the way, horrible way to trigger would something. I have ever said anything yeah. in front of all these people? If there was something truly actually wrong, I would not admit it to her with everyone listening and yeah. watching. 
anyway, so I guess in that sense, it was that's why this dislodged yeah. discovery. Because then I just to sit with her, and she was just like, "I read your poem," and I'm like, "Oh, great!" And she's like, "It was a really." Oh, she was just like, "It was a really well written poem." You're like very talented. Like she's trying to be nice. I was yeah. like, "Oh, thank you." And she's like, "There were some things that you wrote there that concerned me." And then you know, trying to go yeah, down yeah, this. Yeah like line of questioning right, right, and the whole right. time I was like no I'm just having I was just being like I'm just trying to have fun and write an interesting poem yeah. which was actually true there wasn't yeah. anything deeper seated that needed to be uncovered by of her course, yeah. but I'm just like what it was so embarrassing and awkward yeah. and I resented her for that <laughs> I was like why did you do that to me I can't remember her name if I could I would maybe call her out but I can't remember her name <laughs> Mr. Broderick did not last another year at that <gasps> school that was his one and only year teaching there Oof. Yeah. That's a short tenure. And then he ended up, I moved, went to another school, and got invited to this girl's birthday party. And he was dating her mom. And I was like, <gasps> oh. Ew. And so I went over there. But while, while I had just come from soccer, so while I was changing, I heard them saying kind of not racist stuff, but asking about the Chinese girl, quote unquote. And I was like, nope, because it was me and a bunch of white girls. So I was like, I'm not staying here. So I set, pretended to be sick and was like, mom, come and get me because we lived like five minutes away. And then she, and so she picked me up and she knew basically why, because I, I didn't like sleepovers anyways. And so she was like, oh, I think you left your pillows there. I was like, she was like, do you want to turn around? I was like, nope. And we just went on home because I was not going back to Mr. Broderick and those terrible girls. <laughs> Oh my god! I feel like I did you not had like so middle much, school. I feel like you had so much blatant racism that. Oh yeah, I did not realize until I was much older. No, and it's so interesting because like I also didn't grow up around other Asian people, but I wonder if it was a little different because I always grew up around a lot of Hispanic people. Mm. So I was always like one of like three Asian people in the yeah. school, but like there were so many other non-white students, so that maybe nice. that helped. Yeah, no, there was literally like. I mean, I'm sure people said stuff about me, but like, I never heard it like that. Yeah. Like, I never heard adults speaking about me that way. That's I don't crazy. think I'm exaggerating when I tell you that there was maybe like half a dozen minorities in like my grade. <laughs> it was like oh me. Oh my god! One Asian boy, two like Indian girls. That's so interesting. Were kid. all your were all your teachers also white? Yeah, everyone was white. Okay. That must be awesome. Because also I had some, obviously, like, Hispanic teachers. Like, mm. the area that I lived in was, like, just like a high Hispanic population. So, huh. That would have been really nice. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, it makes so much sense. Like, because every time you, like, mention one of these experiences, it's so hard for me to imagine that happening. And I, I'm always blown away because I always did feel like so much of an outsider because I was the only Asian person. But I never experienced stuff that was so blatant. Mm. And I didn't really understand why until I guess now it makes it like you were in Connecticut. Everyone was white. Everyone literally. Was white, yeah. I at least had other like minorities. other minorities around yeah. me, even if they weren't Asians. Anyways, uh, this okay, has been yeah. racism so, corner. Anyway, bones. <laughs> <laughs> so Columbine. Oof. Yeah. What a weird reference. That didn't age well. That was awkward. Okay. So they find out the kid from the alley was one of this group of cosplaying comic yes. book nerds. And he randomly dropped out of the group for unknown reasons, like mm -hmm. a couple months back. Like he he got mad at them and was like, "You guys are just posers. Yeah. You don't take this seriously." So we know that I haven't heard the term "poser" in such a long. Oh, time. it made me so happy. It did. It made me and happy it was too. said a lot by a lot yes. of people. Um, <laughs> 
yeah, I'm not a poser. You're a poser. So great. Um, and so, yeah, so clearly you get this inkling of like, okay, this kid is found dead in an alley, clearly murdered wearing a superhero costume. He was carrying around a comic book that we then realized he himself drew. Mm-hmm. Um, and his costume is matching the costume of the hero in the comic book yes. he drew. He's yelling at all his fellow cosplaying friends, like, you guys are posers and you're not taking this seriously like I am. So then you realize, okay, he's doing some sort of vigilante shit. Mm-hmm. I will say the only shining light in this episode was Dr. Goodman, who is seemingly the only person with empathy on this fucking yes. show. Oh, yeah. Because he was looking at the comics and was like, I can't remember what he said, but it was like a really thoughtful, insightful, after reading the so comic, true. Of like, this person is in pain and he wants to help and blah, yes. blah, blah. And it was like such a smart, intellectual, empathetic breakdown of the narrative of the comic. It was all it that was stuff lovely. that they brought up in the last episode about like Hodgins and him. Like Hodgins is going to really hate his method of like of, breaking down yeah, information. Analysis. Right. And <laughs> empathy and you know. But like you're so right. They were like all collectively reading the comic book trying to get clues from the story and yeah Dr. Goodman was the only one who knew how to like read between the lines yeah. and see what was happening with this kid. Mm-hmm. That's that's such a great point. Shout out to Dr. Goodman. Oh he's the best. Um so then um oh the sh- comic show that he wanted the main character what is this kid's name again <laughs> oh god i don't uh, know i don't know this kid he uh <laughs> he was clearly depicting himself as like the main um hero in this comic yes and he wanted to save a female character um then my next no is about Angela's hair looking really good, which is not helpful. <laughs> the female character I thought was kind of funny because she was named the opalescence. Yes. I was like, who? What? Come up with something better than that. <laughs> I know. Oh, God. Um, I will. S- and, oh, there was also a, there was some kind of nerd somewhere in that writer's room. Either that person is a nerd or is friends with the nerd because they mention that. um uh, this girl Minnow, who I guess was obsessed with him. Oh right, which the blue-haired girl. That, like there's some like threads that don't really go anywhere. But she said she was that, pining over him. Yeah, and... he gave her all of his like Neil Gaiman books, oh, and I, I was like, don't oh, remember that at all. Yeah, it was just a one-off thing, and I was just like, oh, that's a actual like. That's like a nice reference. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> as like a nerd, uh, also as a reference. Nerd, yeah. A nerd reference. It was like legit. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, and then Angela has this hologram that is incredible. Like it is, it looks so good. It's horrifying, but Whoa. it looks really good in that it shows this guy, the main character being stabbed in the back and I was just like, damn, Angela, your work is all over the place. <laughs> Sometimes looks like an 8-bit, yeah. like, <laughs> like Minecraft video, like video game. Sometimes it's realer than life. Sometimes it's Avatar. Yeah. I, I don't, whatever. So, I thought that was funny, though, because so in the story, mm-hmm. the main character is the superhero. He's mm-hmm. trying to save the opalescence, some woman, woman he's clearly into. Some blonde lady, yeah. Yeah, some gl- blonde lady with a like, sparkly costume, which mm-hmm. later you see like the character. Well, 
we'll get to that. But so she's apparently being tormented by yes. somebody called the Twisted, which is just like this dark hulking figure. Yes. And then in Angela's hologram, instead of just having like a nondescript male form attacking the boy, mm-hmm. she actually makes it look like the hulking Does form really? of the Twisted. Yes, it's not oh. like I le- I was just like, is this real? Couldn't, oh, where right. are your real world variables, Angela? This is a literal superhero movie now. <laughs> oh, yeah. He is a big, bulky guy. That's amazing. Um, okay. So. Oh, it was his step. Oh, maybe that's why the guy wasn't as obsess- upset. It was his stepdad, not his like. Oh, was it? I, guess I mean, so. that was still his mother, though. His mom did not shed a either. tear. Did not shed a tear. No. Um, okay. So then they had head to the bowling alley where um, Booth, it is revealed that he actually really is into bowling and he's really good at it. And he has his own bowling shirt with his name on it and shit. Um, and he gets very yeah. pissed off. It, this might be the most I've like we've seen him get mad, like legitimately angry, even though he cools off very quickly. When Bones is like, bowling is not a sport, it's an activity. And he gets Yes. He also showed up in his bowling shirt with his ball and his shoes, like ready to bowl, even though they were there to interrogate people. Our taxpayer money pays his salary. Yeah, literally. Motherfuckers gotta go bowling. Later when they when he realizes they still have more work to do and they can't just stop and bowl, he like gets all deflated. Like he fully showed up to an investigation thinking he was just gonna bowl a quick game. (laughs) (laughs) Um so they find out that, oh, because Zach had done something with the bones, they find out uh, that... Oh, they were like crazy brittle and shit, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't think... Oh, they find out just that he was working at the bowling alley and he had gone missing. Um, and they talk to the man and woman who are husband and wife who run the bowling alley. Yeah. They don't really find out much. No, but what I noticed immediately was that the woman was wearing a sparkly sweater and I was like, oh boy. Oh, you know what? I didn't notice. I just She's noticed that she held always her, wearing sparkly shit the whole episode. Oh, God bless. That, too. She was also holding her arm yeah. in a very kind of obvious way. Yeah. Like she was in pain. That booth says he did not notice, which I don't know how you couldn't notice that. Yeah. You are not good at your job if no. you did not notice that. And later, Bones has to be the one that brings it up. And she's like, As an a forensic anthropologist would notice. And you're like, calm down. Everyone noticed. Anyone with eyes <laughs> would have seen that. And you like, with weird. fucking eyeballs. <laughs> um... But yeah, Zach is like trying to do like something like cleaners, preserve the bones, the and they like disintegrate. Yeah, because they didn't realize. Oh yeah, Zach was like cleaning the bones mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. handling them. Oh yeah, so so Zach had been cleaning the bones because to get all the skin and gunk off. Right. And then Hodgins was like, "You messed up," and he was like, "No, I didn't." And it's just that uh, basically his bones were like deteriorating. Yeah, they were like um, so fucking porous. Yeah. The, something that he was using like faded away um so then he calls up old bonesies and he's like (laughs) this is weird (laughs) the boy was sick (laughs) Um, so they find out that the kid was dying so they go back to talk to his parents Um, oh and that's something dr goodman had read into the comic book right or somebody him or angela somebody somebody while reading the comic book was like could sense that he was afraid of death from the yes. comic book story. Yes, yes, And yes. so when they realize his bones are completely deteriorating, mm-hmm. as in he must have been very ill. Made, very, made yeah. sense, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go, they bring the parents in to talk to them. Oh, boy. The kid, they 
kind of realized that he knew that he was sick and dying again because he had had leukemia when he was like 11 Mm -hmm. um and then he just didn't tell his parents and then booth (laughs) the mom is all just like again not crying but she just looks sad well neither of them looked really that sad to me and certainly not the stepdad none of them looked surprised like oh my god he was sick again can you imagine being a parent you've just found out your child is dead but also that he had gotten his life-threatening illness had recurred and he didn't even tell you because he he didn't want you to know suffering yes and he hid it from you because he he didn't want to make you sad but no that's not why that is why but booth just makes that up to make them feel better oh Oh, did I also believe it to make me feel better? Yes, you did. <laughs> okay, so they find out, they realize he was, as a child, he had leukemia or whatever. And so they infer from the fact that in his comic book, he was afraid of death. It must have recurred and they just didn't tell the parents. Mm-hmm. But wait, so what do we think the real reason is that he didn't tell the parents? It's not that he didn't want the mom to feel sad? No, so Booth sees the mom like emotionally suffering while she learns that her child was sick again. And so in an effort to alleviate her guilt basically yeah he's like but he probably didn't want you to you know have to feel all that pain again that you had to deal with when he was a kid and she's like yeah that's he just didn't want me to suffer again because he saw how the toll that it took on me when he was first sick and booth is like yes and then they walk out of there and both is like you lied to that lady like that's not true. And he's like, yeah, I know, but whatever. <gasps> oh, wait. Yeah. Wait. So wait, why didn't he tell his parents? Just because? Just because, I guess. And he was kind of using it as a motivation motivation to get back at this hulking figure. Right. Oh, yeah. Wow. I totally bought it. That was a great story, Booth. I <laughs> believed it, too. <laughs> um, so... Oh, this I wrote down because it drove me insane. Give it to me. I'm assuming this is the next step because I can only go on my notes right now mm-hmm. and I don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. But I believe around this time, they, they've they this whole time been reading the comic book yes. that they've recreated. Suddenly, out of nowhere, they notice the name of the artist because the artist signed his <sighs> name in the fucking comic book, which happens with every comic book. Every comic book is going to be signed by the artist and everything, but they only just notice it now approximately 80% into the episode. They also, bother to look at the name. With the power of your observational skills, Bones, did you not notice that there wasn't anything to draw mm-hmm. at his fucking desk? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly they're like, hey, that's so crazy. It says art by blank, blank, blank. And it's the name of Aaron Paul's character. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly they're like, oh, yeah. So the story was by the kid, mm-hmm. but the art was by Aaron Paul's character. He lied when mm-hmm. he said he didn't know the kid. Mm-hmm. It's just like when you recreate, you went through the trouble of laboriously recreating this comic book <laughs> and counting for ink seepage and you didn't bother to check who signed their name on it. Yeah. Crack team. <laughs> Also, you would think at least, like, I would understand if them not knowing that, but Booth, if you're a comic book guy, That's wouldn't true. you use that knowledge to be like, hmm, usually it's one person who draws and one person who yeah. writes. And they usually sign it here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's look. Um, so, also, Aaron Paul, so it's revealed that he is hooking up with this girl, Abby, who was obsessed with this kid 
but um oh the blue haired girl yeah blue haired girl the, so there's like a love triangle yes because she was pining even him. though he the main, oh, although he didn't like her he didn't like her okay yeah. so not a love triangle but he called aaron paul calls the uh abby a betty <gasps> and i wanted to be like yeah what year is it 1945 <laughs> <laughs> like who if we were in that time period, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but we're, it's We just won the war. Like, <laughs> do you, like, does that come from, like, the Archie comics or anything? Oh, that that's kind. That's generous. I'm trying to be. <laughs> Let's say it's that. Oh, my God. But still, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so then Zach finds an extra bone. <laughs> yeah bones on bones on bones so many bones so bones goes to look at that bone <laughs> using what seems like real technology oh is this where she was sectioning yeah because i actually wrote oh my god she's doing actual sectioning yeah it looked yeah. real yeah it was real no that's literally it the technique where she was like using the yeah. um what's it called oh. oh god i actually looked at the name Oh, God, it's not called a cryostat. Oh, God. The other day I tried to remember the name of a PCR machine and I couldn't. And I actually kind of had a mental breakdown a little bit about it. <laughs> it's like something you spend so much of your life doing and then you yeah, yeah, like yeah. within a year it's like forgotten. Anyway, the machine that you use. Microtome. Jesus. Thank you, God. OK, a microtome. She's using an actual microtome. She had like actually taken the bone and embedded it and she's sectioning it and she put mm-hmm. it in the hot water bath and she was putting it on sides. That's real technique, y'all. I got very excited because even though I did not know what she was doing, really, yeah. it's I was like, oh, this looks like real equipment. I got so pumped, too. And like a real thing that people yeah. do as like opposed she, they to had, Angela's she had to holograms. to do it. Yeah. yeah. I was very excited. Um, So somehow she can tell that it's an arm bone. And so they head back to the bowling alley because that's when she makes her observation that the woman, oh, the right. wife, was holding She says something arm. dumb like, who have we seen recently who seems to have been favoring their arm? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it was painful. <sighs> so they go back to the bowling alley. And then this fucking idiot, Bones, she realizes that clearly this woman is being abused by her husband. Mm-hmm. And so... And that he, the husband is the like hulking like the twisted mysterious figure, figure in the comic book that this kid is writing about, mm-hmm. and the opalescence is this woman, um, and he I guess were they sleeping together? No, I think they're he was just, just like a young kid who felt like he, he wanted to help save her. And so, as they leave, Bones is pissed, and she yells something along the lines of like, "I'll see you in the comics or something." something dumb but like why would you ever let on that you realize what he's doing all you're doing is putting her life in danger you fucking moron like why would you do that because um bones isn't known for like subtlety and like restraint oh my god she's known for running ahead of federal agents (laughs) who are armed straight on into other people who are armed insane (laughs) um so they're trying to figure out the murder weapon, and they pull out uh, Citizen Fourteen is what the like the main boy who was murdered like oh, that was his that was uh, his character name. name or whatever yeah um and so Angela shows all the different weapons she pulls up in hologram style uh, <laughs> the different weapons that he has um 
and the greatest oh like in the comic book yes okay that his character in the comic book uses okay okay now some of them are like real weapons okay <laughs> and then one thing they show oh god i can't wait it's like two red solo cup looking things with a string tied between them <laughs> Like a can head, like can telephone thing. Let me try to find it. Oh my god! It is the greatest. I don't thing. remember this at all. I might not have been looking at the screen when this happened, and that's a bummer. I need to stop eating while I watch these episodes because I clearly miss out on a lot of quality content. Okay, so here are the weapons. Oh my! You have god. a sword, a futuristic gun. Wow! Thing, and then, oh my god! Is that supposed to be funny? These are two cups. With strings between them like you would have as a child. What's that other thing? It's like a ladle. Oh, that's the bottom of a sword. Oh, okay, okay. Like a saber thing. Oh, but, like uh, a handguard. But two two red cups with a string between them. Well, how else do you expect to communicate, Jax? <laughs> when you're a super secret vigilante um, fighting crime in your off hours. Um, I... Zen, I fucking died. Maybe when that I was saw meant that. to be like a fun little like hee 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 to the fi- to the wa- viewers. Because I lost my mind. I totally didn't even notice. That. I'm so glad you pointed that out. It was that actually makes me like the episode a little bit more. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I actually I think that's pretty cute. I don't know. I feel like they addressed it at some point, but maybe not. But uh, yeah, so that was the best part of the episode. <laughs> Oh man. Um so they realized that one of the um weapons from the comic book that Citizen 14 uses is actually very similar because of Booth's knowledge of bowling to a uh type of tool that is used in bowling to clean the bowling balls. Mm-hmm. And what I did not like is that Booth is like kind of judgmental of this woman for he mentioned spousal abuse syndrome cuz Bones is like why is she with this asshole? Yeah. Booth is a little bit judgmental about it. I want to be like, fuck you. Oh, really? What did yeah. you say? It was just kind of his tone about it. And I did not appreciate it. Like, oh, it must be nice to just be a giant hulking man. Yeah. And not ever have to think about that in your life. Yeah. Asshole. Um, so they go back to the bowling alley, um, like kind of in the middle of the night, because both of them are the husband and wife who own the place are there. And the husband is like, I think he's going into their safe because clearly he wants to go on the run. Oh, because of what Bones screamed, he realized they're on to him. Yeah, I think so. Um, And so they are able to get the wife, hands him over the, it's called a bevel knife. Um, And to prove that it was, um, basically, the woman was, holding her arm because she had been like hit by the dude or whatever and bones realizes that uh citizen 14 kid was able to he like fought back when this guy killed him and um and like stabbed him or something in the arm and so she basically attacks the suspect (laughs) and whacks him in the arm and immediately he starts bleeding and then she flips him onto a pool table this man is like six foot something, at least 180 pounds. Bones is 5'7", maybe 130. Girl, no. It is, it made me angry. <laughs> I just, it's so unrealistic. Yeah. 
Um, then I, <laughs> Bone says something about hating a wife beater. I just wrote, what a, what a strong stance, Booth. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. After you judge this one for being with him. Um, the person who gets the most upset about Citizen 14's murder is the woman he was trying to protect. Like, mm. she definitely cries more than the mom the, yeah. or the stepdad or anyone involved in his She's life. understandably touched yeah. by him trying to save her from a very difficult situation. Yeah, because she did not realize what had happened between him and the husband. And they all go to this kid's funeral. Mm-hmm. And Angela has restored his graphic novel. And I guess she finishes it for him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, very ceremoniously puts it on the coffin. Mm-hmm. Before fall. giving it to the lady, the opalescence lady, to, like, oh, look at. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, the last couple, like, pages are yes. of her being saved by the kid and yes. then her telling the kid, thank you. Yes. And then, yeah, they put it on the the coffin mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. about to be lowered into the ground mm-hmm. and the wind blows it to that last page. Mm-hmm. And then the camera zooms <laughs> in on it for, like, 60 <laughs> minutes, just getting slowly closer and closer and closer onto that one what do you call it? The cell, panel? the one, so, yeah, the yeah. panel um, of of the opalescence just being like, "Thank you." Mm-hmm. This episode made me angry on so many fronts. So it wasn't my favorite that we've seen. Fronts. Also, like, why did he get thrown off a building? I don't think they explained they very explain well the, the actual no, fight and like how it arose. Because, yeah, actually, now that you mention it, what was the situation? It's like, did he somehow lure the husband onto the roof and then confront him and then no they clue. fought? No idea. I, I don't know if I'm just blacking it out because it's been too long or Same. because they just genuinely just didn't on, explain. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to just no. have not really explained. <laughs> I mean, remember the last episode when they just caught some got the kid back and i've still had no idea what had happened <laughs> and who took him yep bone style oh yeah that's a rough app yeah it wasn't my favorite i, took it I don't think it was personally. the worst but it, it wasn't. wasn't my favorite but yeah, yeah. so hypothetical um, oh wait should we talk about dudes Oh, God, dudes, yeah. <laughs> um, hello, Jack. I'm so the sorry. The sole purpose for us being here for gathering at, at a regular my interval. My favorite part. Let's talk about the men we are lusting after. Um, so, my new number one is Ben Schwartz. Amaze. Yes. Uh, because he's been doing so much press for the Sonic movie, I've been watching tons of YouTube videos. He has incredible hair. It's so long. It's amazing. It's hilarious. I wish I had his hair. <laughs> and I would wear it the way he wears it, too. Oh, when, like, it's all long and, like, poofy? And then he, like, gels it up so, it, like, it stands up on his head, like, six feet high. Yeah. It's amazing. I would I would rock that style just to have the hair. I remember um, watching Gilmore Girls when I was much younger, whenever it was on. And be <laughs> she happens to be the Asian character, Lane. She talks about this boy that she has a crush on who's in the band with her or whatever. Or like the, oh, sc- the school yeah. band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, I just want to shove my hands in his hair. Mm-hmm. And as like a 15-year-old or however old I was when I watched that, I was like, what? But now as I've gotten older, I get yes. it. And I just want to shove my hands in many men's so hair. So <laughs> real. 
and I want to shove my hands into Ben Schwartz's hair. It looks so good, and his uh, special, the Thomas and Nope Middle Edition Schwartz special was so good, <laughs> and his sneaker game was killer. I liked all his sneakers. You want his hair? I want those sneakers. Ooh, I, I appreciate a good sneaker. I, yeah. I got to check that out. It's on my list. It's, it's on the so list of things to check out. If for nothing else, at least watch the first one, because the first one, in my opinion, is the best one. It's really good. Okay. Um, uh, and his hair looks really good. <laughs> uh, so he is my new number uno. Perfect. Yes. Love him. So funny. Above all else. <laughs> Oh, but what is it? Yeah, wait. I was like, I literally like an old person was. I was like, before, is it before all else or before everyone else? No, before Before, everyone else would be B E E. Before anyone. Before anyone else. Oh God, I don't before because I'm old. (laughs) Oh God, listen to us trying to understand young people words. To Google it before. I think before anyone else. I think you're right because it's like. (laughs) This bay really mean. Yeah, before anyone else. Okay. You got it. <laughs> no, you got it. You are really plugged oh, into God. the youth culture. I know it, man. So cool. I'm so cool. <sighs> Do you have anybody on your mind? I have some people that I just wanted to shout out. And, and it's <laughs> kind of like a funny situation because apparently I just lust after gay men. Um, Who doesn't? But Who it's not really a lust. It's more of a like a genuine appreciation while also recognizing you know they're not an option for me not that any of the men that we've ever talked about are genuine (laughs) options for me but you know what i mean like there's more than just um you know physical appearance life circumstances (laughs) luck you know whatever and all those other things standing in our way there's also biological stuff standing in our way but so i during quarantine as you know binged all of schitt's creek oh yes so I want to shout out Dan Levy oh, so and beautiful. in his show, the guy that he ends up with played by Noah Reed, the both of them, I'm not necessarily that into Noah Reed's look mm. per se, but I think Dan Levy is so attractive. And so even attractive. though he plays such a purposefully like flamboyant character mm-hmm. in the show and it's like very funny and comical, I was just like, I'm so into this. Like his face is so pretty. It's so pretty. It's incredible. And then like him and um, Noah Reed's character, their romance is so adorable. And you know I love a good romance yes, in do. a show. And I'm like so in it and I was rooting for them so hard. And I was like, I love you both. <laughs> this is what real love is. <laughs> Will I ever find this? <laughs> and I was like, this is the best. And Noah Reed, I'm pretty sure, is actually um, straight in real life. So mm-hmm. I guess he's a little bit more of an option. But I think he's also married. So, you know, oh, whatever. Wow. Um, anyway, all this to say is like him on his own was not necessarily that attractive to me. But me seeing him in that relationship, at least that fictional relationship, and seeming so he was just so sweet and loving and everything. And I was like, you're the perfect man. Wait, um, so you found him more attractive because of the relationship he was in oh a thousand percent but i feel like most women are like that like there's it's like one thing to have like a like a superficial level of like attraction but then Mm -hmm. like when you see more about their personality i feel like that kind of stuff really adds a lot when a guy is like really into his wife or something it's really nice. yeah Yeah. like if he's just like really romantic and charming and sweet and you can tell like he's just like a nice guy at least for me i'm just like that's great totally correct 100%. Um, and then the other person that was like unrelated to this, I was like, Eugene Levy, obviously he's in the show and mm-hmm. he's just at his age. He just looks so good. Yeah, and he's he like really learned how to like do his hair. Yes. And in that show, he and just wears himself. really good suits the entire show. Yeah. He looks fucking stellar. And I was just like, whoa, like what's that about? So I just want to shout out all of these men um, and just say they're great. Late 60s, early 70s. 
Oh yeah, I think I looked this up. I think he's like early seventies. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. He looks incredible, um, and it just made me laugh too because like I like last um, last time we recorded, I talked all about like you know. <laughs> gay co- I can't remember who I called out when I was like who would I want to marry or something what oh Andrew Scott the hypothetical yeah and I just like named yeah. gay people or gay women or something <laughs> you named Abby and Alana oh right oh that's right Andrew Scott and oh right the hot priest. someone else oh yeah so anyway and three unattainable people <laughs> and oh yeah and that illustration Spider-Man the yes. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man the cartoon on television <laughs> So anyway, so just continuing in that vein, I also was like, you know, I think I'd be one of those women who's like, you know how there's like that subset of Japanese porn that's homosexual porn, but made for women? No. Okay. Well, let me drop this knowledge bomb on you. (laughs) The very rich culture of Japanese porn, Uh there is a homosexual subset of Japanese porn that's specifically made for women. Wait, when you, what do you? Oh, sorry. Like, so like two men having sex with each other, but it's intended for women. Oh, interesting. And then I was like, I think I'd be into that. <laughs> oh, see, yeah. I know people who Because you're like are. watching two men being tender with each other. I know women who are and who just like when they're two male characters who are like friends or whatever and they're both attractive like in yeah. a movie or whatever. She's just like, just kiss. <laughs> just, oh, just, come on, just kiss. And I'm just like, oh, no, that doesn't really do it for me. So that's interesting. I think it might just be because like a lot of times in your typical heterosexual porn, mm-hmm. There's just not like a lot of tender in it. It's just like really I don't know what you're talking gross about. and I've brutal a lot of the time. Oh, right. Okay. I know to your virgin eyes, you might not be aware, oh, but no. it can just be real, you know, machine like and really. Yeah. Especially yeah. for the woman. Oh, God, it's yeah. just like a real nightmare scenario. Yes. So like, I think with gay porn, it also, must just it's be so like. Obvious it's, they're faking it. I want to be I like. I know. That's actually what I find if, really confusing. How if, can guys not tell? Or can they tell? They just don't care. I don't know. But I've. The. If somehow there is some thing that would like show, like every time you had sex with a guy, like there'd be like a little light above your head and one would be like red and one would be green to show like whether or not you got what you needed out of it. <laughs> the number of red lights there would yeah. be would be astronomical and guys, like I would love to just watch them crumble to be totally honest with you. I mean, part of me thinks like, that guys just don't faking is exhausting. think or care about that. They're yeah. just looking for the stimulus of it. Right. So, like, I'm sure. Okay, well, I don't know because I'm sure there are a lot of women who do that kind type of behavior in real life because they want to make whoever yeah. they're with feel better. One hundred percent. But I would like to think most people in real life, when they have sex, don't react that way. So I can only assume when a man sees that in a porno, he must be like, "That's weird." Um, but then they're clearly telling the women in these videos to do that for yeah. a reason. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it boggles the mind to be sure. Yeah. I watching these poor women just try to smile through a jizz face. And yeah. Just like, girl, no. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. And it's in your eye and it's in your hair. And then they'll sometimes be like, so how was that for you? Like, yeah. Fucking. Giselle and she's like it's great and she's like no you have gum in your eye it was terrible you just got pounded everything about that was awful and I'm so sorry I'm so sorry it makes me laugh because how weirdly like narcissistic to need that in your porn to like not only have the woman be so outwardly and aggressively 
into it yeah. and then at the end you have to follow up interview her and be like so wasn't it amazing and she has to be like oh my god it, it was, was the so best great. thing i've ever had and it was no. the biggest cock i've ever seen oh and you're god. like yeah. are it your egos you so fragile yes. that you actually need that in the porn but i don't know i don't know man i don't know what it's like to be a man i mean do any guys stay for that part that's the other thing they've probably like, turned what? that off 10 minutes ago yeah what the i don't get it very weird anyway all this to say is Dan Levy, Nori, <laughs> lovely. I would probably be, yeah, into their porno. And Eugene Levy, beautiful man, aged so great. Yes. If only we could all age like that. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, Steve Carell looks great. Mm. And I'm very excited for Space Force, which is coming out <gasps> Yes, I just saw the trailer for that, and I was like, yay. Ben Schwartz is in it. Steve Carell's in a uniform in it, looking real good. He looks real good with that, like, salt and pepper hair. Yeah, he does. Do it. <laughs> Who did you have any other dudes that you want to call out besides Ben Schwartz? Um, yes. Sorry, not call out. Shout out. Declare Positive. my love for you. Maybe? Yes. Um, uh, Donald Glover. Because I am rewatching <gasps> Community, and he's just so attractive. And also, when he was on that show, I think he was probably like in his mid twenties. He looks very young. And like they get him with a shirt off sometimes, and like it's such a beautiful situation underneath there that it's cruel yeah but also now he's so cool like i would never want to meet him because he's so cool and i just like no and watching that table read that they did recently for charity oh i haven't seen it yet and he was on it and it was so because i feel like a lot of times when he's i think he doesn't like doing like talk shows and stuff understand sure so and so he seems pretty kind of um he's not super expressive and kind of he's Mm. very very low-key but his character on community was the opposite of that and really goofy and so then seeing um the table read and like interviews uh before that and stuff um and it's him being could because he's more comfortable with the people and he's just yeah and it's just a zoom chat with his friends friends. it was so nice to see him like light up a little bit more oh it made me really happy that's lovely i've been holding off on watching because i also got because you were mentioning that you were rewatching community mm. i decided to also rewatch so, so i was going to save the table read for the end um but i actually was you reminded me cuz i have gotten far enough there's a couple i think there's like one episode that i've already seen where joe McHale mm. is basically they, shirts off pants off yes and oh when he's playing pool yes the yeah. pool episode yeah. and i i never was like that like um his look his face isn't necessarily like my particular thing but he's obviously attractive attractive, yeah Yeah, and he's you know good for him if it wasn't for the persona like his very fake persona of being an asshole totally like if he was just like a sweet guy then i'd be like oh my god oh i'd be all over But because of his persona of being like a cocky jerk it's like a thousand percent um yeah but i just was like i was actually just like impressed at yes. how in shape he was it's crazy not even as like a lusting after kind of thing but just like genuine he's in like impressed superhero like, shape wow like he must have worked out so because he was like that. in his what late 30s doing that i show? don't even know like, that's not easy yeah and like it's like so interesting because like how old is his character meant to be like probably early 30s maybe yeah, but so. like yeah i was noticing because like now seeing everything many years later and like in hd and i'm like noticing like kind of the wrinkles in his face totally still attractive i don't mean it in yes. a negative way but like yeah i'm like thinking to myself oh my god how old is he he is in such 
fucking unbelievable Incredible shit. shit. And then I was like, you lazy assholes then, get your shit together. <laughs> if a 40-year-old man can cut his body fat to that extent and look that toned, you can too. No, because that was his job was to look good. That's true. That's so true. Well, hey, maybe one day we'll both get cast on a television show that requires us to take our clothes off and then we'll get a personal trainer and a personal chef and we can all look That'd really, really good. Um, also, speaking of shout outs, shout out to Jim Rash, who secretly had a really amazing body on that show. And he still does. Wait, he's who? Jim Rash, the dean. <gasps> he's a cut. Oh, I, he's got abs I and like. I don't think at, I've seen him yet in a, like, not with his clothes on episode. When he starts, even when he's like wearing like the, <laughs> all his crazy outfits and stuff, his costumes, and they'll be like, um, like cut off and stuff. So you oh, like see, midriff? Like, yeah. Yeah. He's ripped. Ooh. He's ripped. Yeah. And I am. Makes sense it. for a guy with a Dalmatian fetish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just really appreciate that. And I feel like everyone focuses on Joel McHale. But like, no, no, no. Take a look at this little guy. Because he looks real good. And I, again, older dude. Yes. Like, takes so much effort. And it's not nearly as like kind of intimidating and ugh, yeah. as uh, Joel McHale's. I definitely always, especially when it's like less of a front and center character mm. on the show, whenever somebody has that situation where they take the clothes off and they look really good, mm. I'm always really impressed because you know they put so much work yes. into that for like such a fleeting amount of screen time. But I think he's always in shape, like watching him on other stuff, like he's in good shape. Oh, yeah. That's maybe just he's him. just like a fit dude. Yeah. Um, but, oh, that just reminds me, I was watching the last season of Ma- uh, Madam Secretary just because mm-hmm. it's on Netflix and I watched the show because I was just like, I like Leone in it. Sure. I have actually no thoughts about her from before the show. I just I appreciate like, oh, she her character in the show. Yeah, that's all and I know they have about her. Really attractive children. Oh, they have children. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Um. Anyway, yeah, I have. It's not like I'm like a super fan, but in yeah. the show, I like her character because nice. it's like a nice escapist fantasy of like what. Um, you know good leadership could look like and you're like yay <laughs> anyway so in the last season there's um well on the show in general there's a character that dates um their eldest daughter mm-hmm. um and he's secretly a spy that's beside the point but he's like okay. a russian spy and his name in the show is dimitri dimitri petrov of course i can't was. remember what a delightful of course stereotypical russian name. <laughs> but i can't remember i never i didn't bother to look up his actual name obviously mm. um so i apologize but in the last season of the show, he comes back and he has like a like an in bed scene with the daughter. Mm-hmm. He is so fucking fit and he got so buff since the last time we saw him on nice. the show. It is bonkers. That was truly, I mean, Good how and yeah, how just he should get an award for that. People should get an award for that. He, uh, it's impressive. You should. His pecs were. So tall and separate. Joel McHale has enormous pecs. They're just like, they protrude so much. Mm-hmm. I find it intimidating. <laughs> well, it's interesting too, because he normally just like in his clothes, he doesn't look like a big guy yeah, yeah, up yeah. around the shoulder totally. area. But, but then yeah. you have his shirt and you're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. They're there. Just wait. You get more good episodes of him with a shirt off. Coming. Cannot wait. <laughs> um... Yeah, that's all. Those are all my dudes. Also, Jim Rash is so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. I love him so much. His character on that show is definitely something uh, something else. <laughs> like, he made it a, an amazing character. He's yeah, so hilarious. For sure. And that show is just perfection. I love it so much. 
I didn't I enjoyed it when I when it first came on, but now I really appreciate it a lot more. Same. I feel like I didn't I, I don't know. I just Oh yeah, we talked about this last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did. But no, I totally agree. I think I think we talked about this. Like I don't know if I was just not as savvy as a viewer at the time or I just don't have the same sensibilities as I did back then but watching it this time around for me yeah yeah, I appreciate it way more I think it's way funnier than I did I always liked it but now I really really like it and um I will say like it's so interesting because like I you know Abed is like the least overtly likable person in the group I think well I think they try to make him seem that way right because he's like the most disconnected seeming even though he's also like somehow the purest of them I feel like but oh I well, no, what I was going to say is this time around, he's actually now my favorite character. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah, I think before I was just like, oh, he's just the weirdo and he's clearly meant to be like, that's his role in the group. Like, he's kind of the oh, weird one. Okay. Um, and like, you're supposed to like root for like Joe McHale and you're supposed to want him and Annie or like, whatever. Is, yeah, like the <laughs> the people who would usually you'd be rooting for, you don't like you really. Because they're kind of assholes. Like Britta and Jeff <laughs> yeah. are just like, at least Britta like, like means well or whatever, but like. I, Brit is super fucking annoying. Yeah. Joel McHale's characters, like, whatever. It's the side characters who are way more interesting. Yes. Shirley, Annie, Troy, Oh, yeah. Abed. I remember really liking Annie even back the last time I watched it. I haven't of seen did. much about her yet. Mm. Thought much about her yet, but I, I'm already starting to like. Well, she's she's not, of all the characters, she might be, like, the least well-rounded. Yeah. I think it's also partially just that now I've seen so much more by Alison Brie and I really mm. like Alison Brie. Too. So like now watching her at that age, like as her, what her initial breakout role yeah, basically. Totally. Right. So now I'm just like, oh, I love you. Same. same, same <laughs> I think same. she's so good. Um, no, but what so I was going to. pretty. Yes. Like, they always make like, in, it shouldn't be a comparison. It doesn't matter. But I feel like they always make Gillian Jacobs like the hot girl. Yes. And I want to be like. I'm sorry. Have you seen Allison yeah. B's face? It's fucking absurd. I mean, I think that's on purpose for the character yes, a little bit. Obviously, but like she's younger and they dress her yeah, like a younger person. Yeah, and they person joke and like we try to sexualize yeah, Annie, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Which always makes me laugh. Yes, me too. <laughs> but um, yeah, I. Oh, and um, oh, why am I blanking on her name? The woman who plays Shirley on the mm. show. Um, oh, during God. the um. Yeah the table read she looks amazing oh really like, her makeup Great. was on point i think you would have liked it <laughs> like yeah she looked great and it, it all just made me really happy I'm just really into Abed this time around viewing wise. And I'm, I literally like, I think and a I couple like episodes back. Relate to him oh my God. More. Literally a couple episodes yeah. back. I was like, I think I'm Abed. Like when me I like too? was like, wait, if I was in a hypothetical group like this, who would I be? And I was like, oh God, I'm the Abed of the group. <laughs> you and I would be Troy and Abed just like goofing around making like dumb movie references. I'm just like so into his ca- I love like everything him and, and especially him and Troy do with like the little thingies yeah. at the end. They're just so Super good. Fun. So Super good. funny. Yeah. I love them so much. Anyway, so this is a community fan podcast. Yes. Oh, it's so great. And uh, during um, so basically Joel McHale and um, Ken Jong have a podcast together, and after they did the table read, they all stayed on, aside from Pedro Pascal, which made me sad, but understandably so, <laughs> to do basically like an episode of the podcast, but it's all videoed. Um, and 
Donald Glover made a really good point of like, this was, you know, especially at that time when there was like 30 Rock and blah, blah, blah. Like, this was kind of a punk show. Like, it didn't follow the same rules and stuff. And like, oh, it was really yeah. cleverly written and really funny. And it was sentimental without being like goofy sentimental. But it was and like, it was very sweet. There's yeah. always like a really sweet thing at the heart of it. I forget what network was this on? NBC. Yeah. Um, and then Hulu and then Yahoo and you know, I like four years, I think I'm totally agree because this is also like what 2010s we're talking about. Like, I mean, just being able to watch back all the like, like paying attention now to like the little nuances with the dean's character and stuff, yes. like all like the subversive sexual stuff that they so get at with yes. him it's just so and you know like even just like we're making fun of the racism but all yes. of the overt racism of Pierce <laughs> and all of that stuff it's it's, it's actually really well done satire yes. that in a way that you wouldn't expect that would from be an NBC yes. sitcom essentially and would be much more appreciated now than it oh, was yeah. then because that's what people are kind of doing now. Maybe that's exactly why we're saying we feel like we didn't appreciate it as much the first time around. It came out at the wrong time, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's just that we've both since learned that sort of, that type of humor, yeah. like learned how to watch that a little bit more. And so now we get it a little bit totally. more. But 2009 to 2015. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's when, okay, so we were in like college, basically, like end of college. There's, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> You're an idiot. I remember, like, my um, my friend at the time introducing it to me, and he thought it was the funniest fucking show ever. And I was like, no, this is funny. But I wasn't, like, getting but the, the, in, the yeah. hysteria about it. At the time, I, if you had asked me which I liked better, that or, like, 30 Rock, I'd say 30 oh, Rock. Oh, yeah. But now I'd say, oh, no, Community is a thousand times A bajillion times percent. Yes. Yeah. It feels smarter, darker somehow, and also just, also like, sweeter. harder hitting. But still, like, still the heartwarming yeah. element. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's great. I'm so glad to be rewatching it in, in quarantine. <laughs> Same. I, when it popped up, I literally had been thinking about that show. And a week later, it popped up on Netflix. And I couldn't have been happier. I was just like, yes. Now I'm just going through the whole thing. I think I'm on like the middle of season three. And it's been lovely. Nice. I'm so happy that they were all so successful. Yeah. I love Allison Brie so much. <laughs> I love her and Glow. I love Glow so much. I haven't watched the most recent season. Neither. I'm like a season or two behind on like every show I like. Me too. <laughs> it's just there's too much and you know, life is busy. Um, and then like for Donald Glover to like become like the coolest person on the planet. And yeah, then just be, like, like the you know, most talented person on the planet. And every man, a true rude. Da Vinci of our times. Yes. <laughs> He's probably <laughs> sketching up some future robots in his apartment. He's inventing the helicopter. Yeah, basically. 3005. Yeah. <laughs> we'll like find it later after he's died. <laughs> These brilliant sketches, but they're just on an iPad. Um my hypothetical, I feel like it's just going to I don't know. It's a lot to think about. It was, and I don't know, maybe it's inappropriate. But like, if there were celebrities you could be quarantined with, who would you like to be quarantined with? Let's assume it's in like, because this is my fantasy. Let's assume it's like in Los Angeles as a big, beautiful house. Okay. Nice swimming pool. You know, like that a typical really fancy good LA question. home. So this is basically like asking what celebrity I think I would be best friends with or want to be good friends with, like close to well, sort of take into consideration you're in quarantine so you're around each other a lot think about their personalities and like Mm -hmm. getting annoyed or whatever what they bring to the table in terms of like 
attitude or skills or whatever pick like three people okay okay mm-hmm. well i have two off the bat okay give them to me um i think this bat. is gonna be a weird one i can't wait so as you know i love the how did this get made podcast oh yeah yeah yeah. i think i would love to quarantine with paul sheer and june diane Rayfield. That's a great one. I think they're think both great. Super awesome. I think they're adorable as a married couple. Mm-hmm. June Diane Raphael is so like inspiring. She's such a fucking feminist. Yes. And Paul Shear, like that would be the perfect matchup of like loving the bad movies and all that sort yes. of shit. So I feel like from both of them, I'd be so excited to hang out with them. Um, I have um, very recently spent like a little bit more time on Instagram. I never used to use Instagram at all. I mm-hmm. just had an account to look at other people's Instagrams and then, and then you into it. Well, right. So then I never looked at it. I would literally open it once a year and like scroll back through yeah. a year's worth of pictures and like everyone's pictures for the totally. year and then never open it until the next year. That's hilarious. And then because of doing this podcast, we, me and you would occasionally share stuff. You would mm-hmm. send me stuff on Instagram. So I'd actually open the app more often. <laughs> So, like, in quarantine, I have opened the app, I would say, maybe five or ten times, which is, you know, a decade's worth of Instagram for me. And uh, I subscribe to, I don't know if Paul Shear has one, but June Diane Rayfield definitely does. Actually, they probably both do. And so, like, I would see the stuff on their feeds when I would open and... It was so cute because it'd be like her baking a cake for their kid yeah. who was turning six or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just thought that that was so cute. And then them making mocking posts at each other. Like yes. Paul Shear made a post for Mother's Day, but it was clearly like not her. And it was like a jokey <laughs> po- Like the kind of stuff that like I feel like Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively tried yeah, to do, yeah, but yeah. in a way that isn't so try hard. And that yeah. is actually very funny to me. Yeah. So like that just made me love them even more. And so I want to live so with them. And they're so supportive of each other. Yes. And- I love the way Paul is so supportive of her. And I appreciate how on the podcast, he's always, whenever he goes into the audience, he's always like, I need to speak to some women now. He's like, oh, that's I, nice. I, I don't know if you remember hearing that, but he's always mm-hmm. just like, he just goes to whoever's in the audience right, is right, like right. raising their hand is enthusiastic, right, right, right. but he'll keep track. And if he realizes, oh, I've talked to three men in a row, he'd be like, no, now we need some women. Where are the women in the audience? Oh, and I bet, lovely. I'm sure that could also be him, but I, wouldn't be surprised if that was June being yeah. like hey, educating yeah. him a little bit to be like, hey, keep this kind of thing in mind. This is what happens when you don't make space for women. And then he goes and does it. And I love it. And every time they introduce each other on the podcast, he always, even when she's not there, mm. he makes a point to be like, and unfortunately, the very lovely and talented June Diane yeah. Riffle could not be here today. But instead, we have blah, blah, blank blah. person. Yeah. I or sometimes am- she'll like leave a message about the movie, which is <laughs> fucking hilarious. Yeah, like she didn't have time to be there, yeah. but she'll like talk to him about yeah. it separately. <laughs> I am just obsessed with their relationship their and relationship them in general. Really healthy and it's like so supportive, seeming supportive and respectful and appreciative. Yes. And isn't that just and like what they we're genuinely admire each other yeah. which i think is so great yes i so I, anyway i want to live with them and be their child <laughs> <laughs> what i'm trying to say is when i said i wanted to quarantine them i want them to be my mommy and daddy <laughs> i think that sounds amazing um do you have a third oh a third one i'm gonna have to think on that let okay. me let me let me uh ruminate on it okay. do you have anyone in mind i do of course it starts off with just Two dudes, because I love it. Um, I love them. Is it your number one guy, Ben? Schwartz? I mean, yes, it is. <laughs> so when you said you want to quarantine with him, it was really this is Here's... the beginning of your relationship. <laughs> Shut up, son. <laughs> so my three people are Ben Schwartz, 
Michael B. Jordan. Oh my god. <laughs> and Kula Flysock. Oh, she is so fun. she's super funny. I she's also like BFS with jo- uh, June Diane Raphael, so maybe we could also all become friends. Well, I'm being adopted by them mm-hmm. as a 32 year old woman. I'll be adopted by Kulop and uh, Scott Ackerman. <laughs> um. So, oh, sidebar, real quick. I went to a taping of How Did This Get Me, <gasps> and I asked a question. Oh my god, it is my fucking dream. I don't need to ask a question because that'd be scary to me, but I want to go to a taping and I keep looking at their website and refreshing and refreshing for future oh, short go. dates. We should go. Okay. Yeah. It was fun. Um, it was, uh, I can't remember what movie it was. Did you watch the movie? Yeah. Oh. And like when Paul was in the audience, he came over to me and I got to ask a question. It was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and then I got to meet um it must have been after like a episode of comedy bang bang it was during like a podcast festival in the oh, city okay. um and i got to meet a bunch of them did jason manzoukas even look at me no he didn't he was too busy like putting on hand sanitizer or something and i want to be like guy come on i know you love booze my booze are out here like look at me and fall in love but he didn't but um i talked to scott ackerman real quick and he was super nice and lovely and i was like oh i'm a huge fan of bajillion dollar properties and he was like oh thank you so much like you should tell Kulab like she's around here somewhere she would love to hear that and i was just like oh and i wish i had gotten a chance to and then she came over to him and was like hey and like gave him a little hug and was like i'm gonna go blah 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 and it was just like really sweet because he always plays kind of a character like a dumb dumb character when he's hosting his podcast so to see him as like a really nice normal person was lovely <laughs> um and i talked to another guy Ryan Gall, who was also on a bajillion dollar properties, and he was lovely. And I was like, You guys are great. And because he's um, paired up with Drew Tarver on billion dollar, nope, bajillion dollar properties, as like their characters like sell real estate together. They're like bros and they're hilarious together. And he was like, Thank you so much. <laughs> and I was just in love with all of them. Um, any hoozles. My three. Ben Schwartz, because obviously. He's very fun and funny. I think we'd have a good You're time. You're starting a life together. Yes. <laughs> um, Michael, Michael B. Jordan. there for... I just saw, A, he's a big nerd, and I feel like oh. he'd be into a lot of the same stuff. Okay. B, I want to ask him all about Black Panther. <laughs> C, I saw... How'd um, you get all those bumps? <laughs> <laughs> so like tell me about your bumps <laughs> um, um, <laughs> I like that we made that into like, a sexual thing even though it's about every life he's taken <laughs> that's what the bumps were showing <laughs> um, and I just saw an Instagram post of him like playing video games and stuff and I was like oh I like I enjoy watching people play video games so I, find, I would find that very fun because I don't have the patience for them and I'm not good at them and then cool up because also a delightful feminist, mm-hmm. a really smart, cool, creative person. Yeah, yeah. Super funny, Asian, <laughs> which is always a nice bonus, you know? Mm-hmm. I watched her documentary about um, her kind of biopic type thing that she had. Oh! And it was really good, and it made me cry. Aww. Yeah. About, um, oh my god, why can't I think of what it's called? 
Um, it's really good. It's about how she found out about her biological father. <gasps> I remember her talking about it on How yes. Did This Get Made because she came on to plug it, I think. Yes. Um, and it's just really, she's like her, um, her relationship with her family and her, her mother in particular, which is very complicated and tricky. Um, it was really, really good. That's so interesting. Yeah. Origin story. That's what it's called. Ah. Uh, yeah. It was really I good. Like I would recommend it. I think cool. I rented it. Yeah. It's kind of gut-wrenching. Um, and you see like a different side of her and they interview like Scott Ackerman and stuff and about their whole relationship. I would highly recommend it. Hmm. Um, so I think it'd be super fun to chill with her. And I like her laugh. She's a really fun, infectious, loud laugh that I love. I love her as a guest whenever she comes on totally. to the podcast. So totally. Yeah. I get it, man. Those are my three. As a side note, for Michael B. Jordan's character in Black Panther, mm-hmm. you know, once you start that bump thing, you really have to commit and be keep killing people. Stopped. Yeah. You can't just like have it just like, first of all, do you do it like all one region and like go up an arm and then cross the chest and down the Like you have to do it in sections that make sense because otherwise at some point in time, you're just going to have like bumps up to your like shoulder blades and it's just going to stop there. Yeah. It's going to look real weird. It's a commitment. Or it's like one peck and the other peck's <laughs> naked. <laughs> <laughs> Come into those bumps. Or it's just like patches, like li- like leopard spots. It's like it doesn't look, It's it's just... You need the whole thing immediately. Once you, you start, can. you can't stop. No. Sorry. I just was thinking the logistics of it. And uh, you know, I love logistics <laughs> and like the practicality of things. And that is not practical. No. Who did the ones on? Did he have them on his back? If so. Who oh, did, he did. Who did them? Also, you can't you do can't that yourself see. in a straight line. You can't even see because it's not like he ever takes off more than like his shirt. Like, is it? Oh. Are we to presume it's all the way down his body? Oh, my. Oh my. Are there bumps on his butt? No, I'm sure. No. Keep that nice and soft and perfect. <laughs> so the only place that doesn't have bumps is his penis? Presumably. <laughs> I don't, but are you, I think, do you see his legs? I feel like you. I can't remember at can't this remember point. I can't remember either. Oh my God. So then he's just wearing like a bumpy shirt. He's, he's literally just wearing a long sleeve shirt of bumps. That's a bummer. That's less hot. Bump. <laughs> not that again we find anything hot about the deaths of no. i don't even know how many people Seemingly that would be at this point of people yeah at minimum so yeah. uh but no if he's just wearing like a bumpy shirt that's weird it's not great not it idea. just looks like he got bitten by a million mosquito bites that were perfectly spaced out i mean they're also all perfectly the same size mm-hmm. whoever did them did a great job in terms of uniformity <laughs> just saying <laughs> Oh, I probably need to get some sleep. Um, thank you so much for listening. Oh, I haven't updated the Instagram. I'll do that this weekend. That'll be my goal. Um, thank you so much for listening. Check out. Uh, oh no, what is what is it called on Instagram? O and R podcast. O and R podcast. I think. Yes, it is. We say this every time. I know. <laughs> I have a really bad memory. Oh. Oh, I also. I think I told you that because I always I talked about this on the other podcast um because i always i don't know how to use instagram mm-hmm. so i just take screenshots on my phone of shit mm-hmm. and I put them up there which is probably why the quality of them are so bad <laughs> um 
And so I just had like a million pictures from Bones on there and a million nice. pictures of random handsome men. Yes. Um, and so I had a bunch of them because we talked about Pedro Pascal. I had a bunch of them on my phone. And then I was like, oh, I can delete these now. They're up on Instagram. But there's one that's like very, uh, seemingly very, very like casual photo of him that if you were just looking through my phone, you would think we were friends with him. And I just took a picture and I don't have the heart to delete it. Because you want to like, be able to pull up your photo gallery so nice and be like, be like scrolling through and then be like, oh, Pedro. All that time we hung out. <laughs> or like when you're showing somebody else a picture on your phone and yeah. they can just casually see that you so, have a po- photo yeah, of him. Oh, yeah. My boyfriend, Pedro. <laughs> so great. Such a perfect Instagram, but you'll never see that perfect photo of him on my phone. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, who knows when the next episode will be up because uh, things, life is tricky. Yes. You know? Look, we'll get to it, though. We're all just being kind to ourselves during a pandemic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.